It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Benny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. And that's how we do it, man. Every single Wednesday, Terry T.B. Brown, Vinny Hardy in here, Cats Talk Wednesday. Appreciate everybody that takes the time to listen or watch. Uh, Roku, Spotify, all those various different platforms, BS3 Network. We definitely appreciate it, man. TV, how you doing? Man, I am excellent. We right here out in the Midwest. It hasn't gotten quite winter yet, but uh, I'm not with us, but. Hey, good stuff. I don't know if I got it. Can you hear me all right? My mic was acting up. Can you hear me all right? No, I got you. I'm going to work through it. Could okay. be on my end. Who knows? All right. Well, we got a couple big-time guests. About to send a link to our first guest right off the bat. Um, right up to the start of basketball season, we, we saw uh, the Bahamas, of course, and then the Big Blue Madness, the Blue-White game, and the photo of the coal miner, Mike McGuire, and his son went straight from work to the arena with his little boy. Uh, Sue Kinnear is our first guest. She's the one that actually took the photo, uh, and then it just kind of spread, and Cal wanted to meet him and just kind of blew up from there. So get to talk with Sue and just kind of get her perspective on how all that unfolded, and I think that'd be fun to talk with her. She She'd been own quite a lot of stuff already and been featured, but uh, a buddy of mine uh, in Harlan County knew her, so he connected me to her, and so she agreed to come on. So looking forward to talking with Sue here in a minute. I'll get her the link. And you got another guest, man. You got you tell us about our second guest that's coming up uh, after we talk with Sue. Yeah, as Maggie Hendricks, she writes for Bay Sports. She covers. Uh, WNBA and uh, women's sports. Uh, she at the uh, UConn Notre Dame basketball women's basketball game a few weeks ago. So she does a little bit of everything. So excited to have her come on. Yeah, that's gonna be fun, man. So two first time guests, and uh, yeah, and looking forward to talking with both of them. Yeah. You popped up the memory. I saw it as well that it was yes, four years ago. On my end. A little delay, I think. Oh no, let me see. Just a little. Yeah, that's on me. But but yeah, we talking about four years ago. We had fantastic. That was a great show. I listened to it again when you sent me the clip or the link. I said, "Oh, look at this." Yeah, and I'm young guys. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna sign out and sign back in. I'm not sure what's going on. Okay. Let me get. uh, I'm gonna get. Sue on here while Terry signs out and signs in. I'm gonna send her the link right now. And uh it is four years ago. We we had Sinbad on, so uh, we talked about that before. And I'll tell Terry about somebody else that listened to that show once we get him back. Let me get Sue this link right quick. I know she is waiting on it, so here we go. Get her the streamer link. And hopefully Sue will be right on here, popping up 
in the studio backstage, the BS3 Green Room. So appreciate the BS3 Network. Uh, grateful to be part of the podcast umbrella. Had some of the hosts on here. Had Ben Sutter, the founder himself, on Ivan Dawkins, uh, creative director, Courtney Harden, big Eagles fan, Al High, Andre Jones, uh, several uh, BS3 personalities have, have come through and, and chopped it up with us. And we enjoy it. Been able to interact with them and be on their shows and have them on ours. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully get Sue Kinnear on here, here in just a second. Talk about the photo that went viral at the blue-white game in Pikeville. And get her thoughts and perspective on that. Talk about the Cats a little bit. We'll talk UK sports as well. Um, we got UCLA coming up as Kentucky continues to to still try to gel and find their way. So we'll get into that. Um, the bowl season starts here in a couple days. Um, today the 14th. Yeah, I think games starting on the 17th. The Bahamas Bowl and, and things of that nature. If y'all listen, last week we had our bowl uh, spectacular. Had a lot of various, uh, different guests. Katie Drzinski and Adam Jacoby and Kerry Lewis talking about all the bowls. And that was a lot of fun. So Go back and listen to that if you hadn't already as you get yourself prepared for the upcoming bowl season that is upon us. Uh, getting back to that that Sinbad episode, TV, you talked about it was it was four years ago since we had him on and, and definitely still thinking about him with everything he's went through from a health standpoint over the past couple of years. But um, you know, we we had some some episodes we definitely proud of even pre-BS3 Network, and that definitely ranks at the top of the list. Uh, you know, Lee Steinberg, Sinbad, Dick Vitale, uh, had Roy on since we've been part of BS3, had Roy on before that. But got to give a shout-out to somebody from your neck of the woods because you texted me the link. You tweeted out the memory of us having Sinbad on four years ago from Facebook. I went through and just looked at some of the comments and – and saw a commenter that said, I'd love to have, to get your podcast. I haven't been able to listen to it or whatever. And so I messaged her, and she's from your neck of the woods. Her name was Mary Edwards. And uh, I think she said she went to school with you. If I think I think I got her name right. Um, let me make sure. I'm not. Yeah, see. Mary. Yeah, we went to yeah. uh, elementary school together. Okay. And so. She said, oh, that was awesome to have Sinbad. I'd love to get your podcast. So I just messaged her and sent her the link and then sent her like the Spotify link where, you know, if she wants to go back, she can listen or she can get each upcoming episode now. But she said y'all went to school together. And so that was cool. So going to give Mary a shout out because she, you know, was yeah, you know, giving love to the Sinbad episode. And, and of course, we know Michelle Morton is like our number one fan. She's, you know, she's sipping on something and relaxing when she listens to us from Wisconsin or Arizona or about to play golf or whatever. She's, you know, went through and listened to the show every episode multiple times. She's fan number one. Got to give a shout out to Ann Anderson too, because Ann interacts with us on Twitter and, you know, she'll like a tweet Michelle will send. Uh, so I think Ann Anderson has worked her way into some Cats Talk Wednesday fandom. So we appreciate Ann as well. So 
She's tweeting at y'all on round of shots. Absolutely. She's Absolutely. liking the tweets from us. So yeah, Ann Anderson, we, we gotta give Ann a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. I, absolutely. And I don't know what's going on, but, but I, I'm going to have to switch it in. So I don't know what's going on with that. So. I to pack, okay. Pop back yeah, on. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And let me see. I got a message from Sue. Let me see what it says. Hang on with me, folks. I might just mute and get that voice message. Let's see. Maybe she's having trouble getting on or something. I can't hear you. My mic is muted. My mic was muted for all that. Sorry about that, y'all. Uh, I was trying to get Sue back, and she had sent a voicemail on a voice message on Messenger, so I muted so I can listen to that. Folks, bear with us. We sorry. We producing on air. We got stuff going on. Uh, but yeah, let me resend the link to her. Your Lakers, man. I was saying I it was an NBA Jersey Day, and I didn't comply with that. But they, they made a valiant effort after digging a humongous hole against the Celtics. Came up a little bit short. Um, but, you know, just got down by too much and just wasn't able to overcome it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it, 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 it didn't help that LeBron and AD had to play the entire second half. And that was the issue. Like I, I talked to you last week about the little run the Lakers went on where Anthony Davis had to be superhuman to win those games. And you can't count on that night in, night out for anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, you know, even MJ and his greatness didn't uh, – wasn't putting up double nickels every night. 
So that was the that was always a concern for me was if LeBron and AD have to be supermen every night, that's just not a sustainable uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So who's the most likely to step up consistently and help? Is it Russ? Is it somebody else? Who who you who should it be? Who will it be? Will it be anybody? What do what we what we say? I mean, it, it's got to be those two. Uh, but all all I've ever said was, okay, we got to get through this first uh, little bit of the season, right? If if we can just get in to the show, it, and that's that's a low standard for for Lakers, right? I mean, yeah. that's not what we wanted. Chasing the 11 seed or 10 seed, that's not what the franchise is built on. But uh, despite the horrendous start, you can still recover, I think. Uh, but you just don't want LeBron and AD have to carry that big burden as we start looking at the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, uh-oh, I heard a little pop. Let me see if that's Sue. There she is. Let's get our guest on, Sue Kinnear, who popular in her own right because she took the photograph of Mike and Easton McGuire, and we will get Sue in here now. Hello, Sue. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Nice to meet you, and sorry about the, the little technical difficulties. Of well, I, I think that was my uh, not-so-literate on computer. <laughs> hey, we understand the, the young kids always teach us when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's true. <laughs> so, thanks for coming on. For you know, you, you have no idea who we are, but we know each other, you know, through Malcolm Wilson. And right, Malcolm's dad, Mac, worked with my dad at Sears when my dad was fresh out of high school, and so. You know, I knew Matt going in there when I was little, and they knew me and, you know, friends of the family from back there in, in Lynch and Harlan County. So how did you get to know Malcolm? Well, actually, when he moved to Blackie, uh, he married a friend of mine. Okay, okay. And then he's noted around here as our local photographer. Yes, and photographer extraordinaire, we should add. That's exactly right. <laughs> he, my dad passed last year. He did a he did a feature on him and his Humans of Appalachia that he put on Facebook. Um, he did an interview that that was just unbelievably well done, and I'll still go back and read it or, or still play the audio. You know when I want to hear Dad's voice and stuff like that. But just just the way Malcolm set it up and all the questions he asked, it was if you didn't know my dad, you listened to it. That's that's him. So it was, it was just unbelievable how he did it and um, just can't thank him enough. And like I said, he's known me since before I was born, him and Tina and everybody. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, we, we ain't trying to get in your business, but just tell us a little bit <laughs> a little bit about Sue Kinnear. And, no, they, well, I was raised here in Blackie in the hills, Letcher County, very proud of it. And then I left for about 25 years to work for the government. And when I retired, I returned, and uh, I live sometimes in Florida and sometimes up here. I built a cabin up here in Letcher County, so that's where I stay most of the time. 
There you go. And I'm a big Wildcats fan, and that's what I was doing over in the the blue white game. Exactly, exactly. First of all, and we definitely gonna get to that. But the how is everything with the flooding? Because Letcher County got hit, Neon got hit, Whitesburg, Jenkins. All those areas. How is it a few months later, and how have you been since? Well, I, you know, actually, I was in Florida when they actually had the flood. Okay. But uh, came back that week. It's it just destroyed us. That's all there is to it. You know, they're just it's just so sad, and uh, everything's washed away, and now the help is pretty much gone. And my personal pr- opinion, we didn't get a lot of the people that needed it. Didn't get as much help as they needed to get from our government, but that's another story. But, uh, yeah, it's sad, but we've uh, they're very resilient and they're they're coming back, and uh, but it's a slow process. It just wiped everything out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, you know, in a small but town. Didn't have any damage. I'm up on the hill, so I didn't I didn't suffer any, but you know. A lot of my friends did. Right, right. Well, definitely, definitely glad that you're okay. And and like you said, if, if nothing, we're resilient and always have been. And yeah, keep on bouncing back and yeah. <laughs> taking hits and bouncing back. So that's that's you know a, a way it's always gonna be. No, no. So when you when you first heard that the blue white game was coming to Pikeville. TB and I talked about it, and I, I already knew. I said, that thing is going to be packed out. The fact that it's coming yeah. to the mountains. So just talk about your being a Wildcat fan you are. You got the news, and you just your thoughts about everything leading up to that. Well, I've got a 15-year-old grandson, and if you've got a 15-year-old grandson, you will go to a U.K. ball game if they come close around. So I took him, and, of course, uh, you know, it was a big deal for us. You know, everything we love our coal miners and we love the Wildcats. And that's what really happens up here in the hills. So it was, it was packed out. It was crowded. The The ball team was just great. The Calipari was great. Signed autographs. So I, I know they thought that their hands were going to fall off. <laughs> and uh, they just did a great show for us. And all the proceeds were donated for the area you know it was a it was a great thing and a big thing for us yeah yeah a lot of us never watched the cats except on tv you can't afford to go you know and uh so yeah a lot of probably three-fourths of the of the gym was was or arena was filled with people that had never seen the cats before mm-hmm. which was such a good idea because you know, there's still there's plenty of games for everybody in Lexington. There's gonna be plenty in Rupp Arena, so you you just take one game and move it to Pikeville, and Pikeville's growing and got a nice arena and you Pike and everything that they've been doing there. So yeah. You, uh, to let all those people just get a glimpse of of UK up close and in person is it was unbelievable. I just I was just so glad that they did. They were, yeah, they were right there. They were signing autographs and. T-shirts and whatever. Poor Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> they just bombarded him. Uh, so, who's your favorite player on on this team? I noticed the season is young, but who's your favorite so far? Well, you know, it's really I change every week. It started out with Wheeler, 
of course, I, I, I love Oscar, but he's got enough fans. He don't need me. And uh, I would say between Wheeler and Coffin, I guess I, I like them. Okay. Okay. And TB, jump in anytime, man. Don't let me just be. Homeless. Well, it, it, you know, I, I'm all the way out in Iowa now, Miss Sue, but I'm a Kentucky boy born and raised. And uh, trying to explain to people not from Kentucky what Eastern Kentucky means, this is what I tell folks. St. Louis calls itself the gateway to the West, but the first gateway to the West was the Cumberland Gap. That was the first place where America went from the colonies to see what else was here. And I tell folks that kind of hardy, we're going to make it because we're going to make it. That's what Kentucky and specifically Eastern Kentucky is all about. It really is. You know, I mean, we've, we've never had it easy up here in the hills. And uh, so we're used to hard times, but you know, once the, the mines got shut down and stuff, it really affected the economy and, and through all of it, you know, we don't have a whole lot to cheer on, but we cheer each other on in the Wildcats. So, uh, you know, yeah, Eastern Kentucky, it's, um, I was raised here and I'll never leave. I leave and come back and that seems what everybody does. And if you're not from here, people don't understand why you want to be here. But it's a, it's, it's a great big family. It's what it is. Absolutely. And, and seeing the team come, and, and shed some light uh, on that devastation, I thought was a good thing. And then, and, and the game, and, and video, I guess, is our segue to that photo that kind of went all over the world. That was, I know it was unbelievable. It was. And, and trying to explain to folks that's what Kentucky is all about. It is. And you know, 30 years ago, that photo would have been just as caught. You go to any place and you'll see all these guys in their work mining just come from the mines. But anymore, it's not like that. Most of the mines are shut down. And especially this particular game, it wasn't, you know, like that. Everybody had their wildcat and shirts on it, including myself. And then there sat this miner with this little boy. So so I'm, I take it you didn't know Mike beforehand. I guess you, you get your popcorn, you get your ticket. You and your grandson are there. You yeah. and everything, and then you you just kind of see him out the corner of your eye, or how did that? How did that work? Well, he was he was sitting across from me, but but to the right. So I was I wasn't that. I mean, he was he wasn't sitting right like on the same place that I was. But he, I could see him well, and I could see the little boy, and and uh, you know, he just stood out. He you could tell he was tired. And the little boy, he was so cute. He was just jumping up and down, having the best time, had little red tennis shoes on with his cat shirt. And I thought, you know, this little, I don't know, he's probably about three or four. And I thought, this little boy has been ready, I bet, since noon, waiting for his dad to get home and take him to the ball game. So anyway, I kind of, I took the picture because I, I thought, I don't know who this guy is. But I think he should be father of the year. Mm. And I thought, you know, when I, I posted it when on my Facebook page when I was at the ball game. But then I was thinking on the way home, you know, if Cal Perry could just see this picture, he may send this little boy a autograph schedule or, or something. Mm-hmm. And um, well, he did that and a lot more. He sure did. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we're you post it and you know after you post it out you, know, you might not have checked your mentions and and you know you've been you're watching the game you post it and then you start watching the game when when do people start reaching out to you well well this well, we is just have a, uh, the the signal over there which up up in the hills is bad people take that you know you don't have phone signal anywhere you don't have internet signal anywhere so anyway i finally got it to post got a signal long enough to post it and then when i got home i thought i'm going to i'm going to post this on a couple of wildcat sites i belong to Mm. So I did that, and that was Saturday night. Then Sunday, I don't even know if I got on the internet. And then Monday morning, I got up to read the news, and my pictures everywhere. And Kaus is asking, "Who are these people? You know, Big Blue Nation. Who who is this man and this little boy?" <laughs> so of course, I'm like, I rode on there. I was, I said, "Oh my gosh, there's my photo," but I didn't know who the guy was. Right, and, uh, and then this other person uh, said, "Oh no, there's my husband," and it was Molly <laughs> McGuire, the wife. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, and then she immediately sent me a message uh, and a friend request on Facebook, and we spoke for a little bit, and and the, my phone was just blowing up, and then the media got hold of it, and then they were called, and then. Uh, for about a probably a, a day, it was confused as to who took the photo. There was a guy up here that used my photo on his Facebook, but took my caption off and put his on there. So some people thought one of the news stations thought it was his, mm. but we got that straightened out. There and, you go. Uh, <laughs> that was it. Wasn't that I really? You know, wasn't trying to get any publicity, but I'm like, that's my photo. You know, that's not yours. Yeah. So anyway, you know, and then the then I just started getting calls, and and Molly was getting calls, and and the media where they wanted interviews. Most of them didn't want to talk to me. They wanted to know who this guy was, but they wanted to know if they could use my photo. And of course, I said, of course, you know. Mm. And it just it just went crazy. Unbelievable. You know, it was, and I now I still haven't talked to the husband, to Mike McGuire, but I have talked to his wife, and his parents have reached out to me several times. Very, very good people. Mm. But I couldn't be more pleased with what happened to that family because of my photo. Right, you were coming from a good place the whole time, and just, just yeah. like. I'm like, oh, if Calipari, this little boy could just get Calipari's signature, you know, this would just be great for him growing up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Calipari just, he went all out with it. Yeah. And, and the one thing I'll say about Coach Cal, not just basketball, but he gets it. He understands it with his position, he can share a spot, shed that spotlight on Eastern Kentucky with the flooding. Western Kentucky with the tornado. Exactly. And we can have our quibbles with his X's and O's, but I don't think there's a better coach that just gets it like he does. Well, you, you know, you're exactly right. And that was the thing. Um, you know, some people said, oh, well, that's not uncommon up here. But like Calipari said, 
the pitcher didn't represent really the ball game. If I could tell, I knew that this guy had got off work and come straight and brought his little boy that game. You know, it was the father-son image that I liked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could tell he was tired. And that's what Calipari saw in it. He wasn't trying to, you know, boost his ball team. He doesn't have to. But um, most people saw what, what I saw. It was a special moment that you were able to capture. That's mm-hmm. one of those iconic photographs. And, and, yeah. and, and when know, this season – I'm sorry, go ahead, Sue. I'm not even – I mean, I, that was just – my brother is a professional photographer, and he hasn't had a picture go viral. <laughs> <laughs> said, his, his camera equipment is worth more than all the property that I own. And then my little iPhone takes a picture and it goes viral. That's the way it goes. <laughs> you, know, you know, I just – I still look back at it sometimes and uh, – I think you know. I still get the same fuzzy feeling when I, when I see that. But seeing it, because I watched them almost the whole ball game. That little boy was so cute. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it was it was an amazing moment for me before it went viral. Yeah, yeah, and you know, me growing up where I grew up, and like you said, 20, 30, 40 years ago, this was very common. You go in, you go into Cas Walker, you go into Foodland, you see guys, you know, from the mines picking up some groceries before they go home. You go to the football game on go to the football game on Friday night. Some guys just come from work and just come on out to the ball game and you know, didn't go home and change, just go and you know. Well, you would see guys from the mountain. Both of my grandfathers worked in the coal mines for 35, 40 years. You know, my mom's dad was still working when I was a kid. So I'd see him come home from work from the mine. You saw that kind of thing all the time. And the whole thing, like you said, you could tell he was tired. Now us being older, we realized how much stuff our parents did for us when they were tired. We all have kids now. We've done stuff for our kids when we were tired. So you just get a whole perspective and we all have been where Mike was with his little son, been been tired and just pushing through, trying to do something fun and nice for your kids. You know, the one of the best parts of that story, this was Monday when it went viral. And Michael works in the mine uh, down in the deep mines. So once you go down there, there's you don't know nothing else until you come up. There's no phone signal. There's nothing down there. So all this was going on, and he was down in the mines and didn't know anything about it. And when they, when the trolley came up with them that evening, that's when he realized um, he found out what was going on. <laughs> so this all took place, and he had no idea. That it was <laughs> Unbelievable. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just just so nice to, that you were able to capture it. And look, I can't speak to this, but you and Terry both, you know, Terry's went viral before on Twitter. He's a he's a he's a big social media superstar. You <laughs> there you go. Well, so you know, I I don't know what that's like, but the two of y'all have done some some really cool things. And and this picture, Sue, is right there, and how it it gave it gave the world a little taste of. Oh, oh, my I, little neck of the woods. 
Yeah, uh, Molly said that she just got messages from people in other countries and, mm. you know, and just, you know, it, it wasn't that big right around here, but when it got out of the hills, it went crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was a, a different thing for them, I suppose. Yeah. But it, I'm I glad it worked out like it did, and I, I'll probably end up getting that getting a picture and have it framed. Maybe I'll get Michael to sign it. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, when you uh, talk to him, tell him we said hello and got to get your thoughts too, because, you know, big game this Saturday with UCLA. So how you, how you feeling about playing those Bruins uh, up in New York? Yeah, you know, I, I, that's one thing I've learned. You just can't predict the cats. <laughs> right, you know, you don't be blind and don't. I don't, I don't know what Cal says to them in that locker room sometime at that time, but they come out like a different team. But, but hopefully, you know, it'll. I'll be watching no matter what happens, and I'm, oh, a, I'm a diehard fan. If they don't win a game, if they end up like Louisville, I'll <laughs> still be for them. Me too. We all would. <laughs> and I'm, and I don't dislike Louisville like a lot of them do. If Kentucky's not playing, I'm for Louisville. Louisville's still a Kentucky team. But, uh, and then, of course, now me and my grandson will be going to the UK LSU game. Oh. Compliments of the coach. Oh, well, all right. Yeah. yeah. That was the only thing I was hoping that I'd get basketball, I'd get tickets. So yeah. I've never seen them play at Rupp Arena. So. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We'll we'll have to have you back on after your trip to Rupp if you want to come back and talk about that. <laughs> well, we may have to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Well, I hope y'all have a blast and glad y'all are getting to go to Rupp. You get to see them in Pikeville and Lexington in the same year. You really? can't beat that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. We're both excited. My grandson's very excited about that now. Yeah, that's that's something special that, that both of y'all, that's a memory both of y'all are going to have. Yeah, I yeah. could never afford to take him any other way. Yeah. Those tickets are so expensive. Yes, they are. Absolutely. I've watched them for two years, and I was like, no. Mm -hmm. When you got to buy two, but anyway. Yeah, we'll enjoy it, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely have to have to get you back on after the LSU game. And we were just honored that you wanted to come on and talk to us this evening, Sue. We've enjoyed well, it. was honored. I mean, uh, Malcolm sent me a message. I said, Corey, I'm proud of my photo. I'm proud of our co-miners. You know, there's uh, that's the hardworking people right there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And some dangerous work. Yes. Absolutely. The, the best of us. Well, thank you for capturing that moment and just yeah. sharing with the world, literally, our little neck of the woods uh, in Kentucky. Because everybody got to puff their chest out with that, uh, really that whole scrap shot. So that's fantastic. One thing I want to recognize while we're talking before, before we quit. Uh, also up here, we've made last Friday... Good morning, America was up here. I saw that. We've got a grocery store, and it's about, oh, I don't know, three or four miles from me. But Gwen and her family own the grocery store, and it's the only one we got. If you saw it, you already know that story. Yeah. She's a uh, precious friend of mine. And so 
we're real proud of her too. So we've had a little bit of media up here, big media since uh, the flood. That's for sure. Absolutely, I saw that, and you know, speaking of Malcolm, Malcolm made that clip as well. They were yeah, talking to him. So. <laughs> Absolutely, I just. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he is one of a kind, and you know, you're not gonna find a better person than Malcolm. I sent that. I was asking my mom and sister about it uh, because you know, been to Iceland many times, been to Whitesburg, going over to Hazard. You go right through there. So yeah, been been over there a ton, and was glad to see Iceland making Good Morning America for uh, for all the good stuff that Gwen and her family are doing. They they deserve it. Yeah, yeah, that they do. Yeah, so. Thank you again, Sue. Can't thank you enough for hopping on here. Absolutely. It's so nice to meet you and talk with you this evening. Well, thanks for inviting me. I've enjoyed talking to both of you all. And uh, maybe we'll go viral again or something and we'll try this again. Here we go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> take pictures of everybody I've seen. <laughs> you never know. You That's just right. never know. That's, That's for right. sure. <laughs> thank you so much, Sue. We really thank appreciate it. Have a good evening. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Sue Kinnear, the one who snapped the photo of Mike and Easton McGuire at the Blue White game. Man, that's just nice to get her perspective. We saw it blow up, but just everything from her end and what she saw, and you know, that was that was so cool talking to her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, once it went that that Hey, that's Kentucky right there. That's what I'd share with uh, folks here that, you know, I know there's hardworking folks everywhere, right? I, I, I get that, but Kentucky's different. Mm -hmm. And like I said, that was the gateway to the West. That was the hardy folks that had to go through the Appalachians and stay there and make a life. That's what mm -hmm. Kentucky is. That's, that's why we're the first state West of the Appalachians. You know, uh, it's that it's that adventurous spirit. It's that hearty. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to get through it somehow. Mm. Don't don't get me all teared up because I watched uh, watching. I can't. What game was it? It was on like SEC Network Plus, where they didn't go to commercial. They just kept showing the game. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember what game that was. And I caught uh, my old Kentucky home at the end of the game. Mm. And, you know, it hits different when you're away from home. It's uh, a little bit different. And I know my old Kentucky home, I know the history. There's some problematic verses and all that kind of stuff. I get yeah. it. Uh, but it just hits different when you're away from home. And it's always good to come back home. I know you know that feeling. I know that feeling uh, uh, as well. Kentucky a little bit different. Yeah. I'll go back home like you when I go from here. It's, it's right through Middlesbrough and that Cumberland Gap that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. But on my trip to Green Bay, you know, come back to Chicago, Indy, and you hit Kentucky from your neck of the woods coming across the bridge in the Louisville and seeing that sign. Uh, I meant to get a picture of the sign from your perspective and send it to you, but uh, I think – was I driving? I think I was driving. I can't remember. But it snuck up on me. I was looking for it, and it was up on me. It was gone. I was like, oh, man. Uh, I, I always take a picture when I come back home. I yeah. always take a picture. Welcome to Kentucky, because it, it just hits uh, hits a little bit different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks again to Sue for 
coming on with us and, and enjoy getting everything with her perspective and looking forward to to maggie here in a few minutes too man so that's yeah we're gonna be talking about all kinds of stuff we're rocking and rolling man yeah for sure um the truth the big news was it was the sad news with mike leach passing and speaking of kentucky he kind of got his start in kentucky as far as big schools but i i didn't know but him and how mummy was in our <laughs> mount pleasant kind of mm-hmm. when they you know doodling on a chalkboard yeah offense so it was an iowa kentucky thing with the two of them yeah absolutely mike leach you know uh the thing i liked about mike leach and we talked about this on spaces last night uh for me, he was a coach that didn't take football too seriously and didn't take himself seriously. Now, sometimes he was wild and out of pocket, but you kind of miss that a little bit, right? I mean, think about the Nick Sabins and the Kirby Smarts and, you know, uh, some of these other coaches. Mm-hmm. They just don't have that pizzazz like how we used to have them, right? They're all buttoned up now. Right. Like it, but he his whole thing was football is just a part of life. It's not life itself. And so the one thing in all the Mike Leach stories is he was always curious. Yeah. He was always gracious. He was always, you know, there, there's more to it than football. Like, he's not one of these guys that's going to sleep in his office and all this kind of stuff. And by the way, he really kind of revolutionized a, a lot of what football was all about. Mm-hmm. And so uh, being that he started his big college market, Kentucky, uh, what I said last night, like, look, Mummy and Leach got us to seven wins. Those are different than these seven wins because if you're not going to get to 10 or 11 wins, you're only going to get to seven. Boy, you better have some fun doing it. (laughs) And, you know, you look back, the record wasn't great. Obviously, Stoops has come and done his thing. And I understand people's affection for air raid at the Kentucky level because it was just fun. Yeah. It was just fun. Like, Mm -hmm. was winning football necessarily? No. You know, was it sustainable long term? You know, not necessarily. No. But was it fun? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to get to seven wins, make it fun. Uh, So him making his mark here, going to Texas Tech, uh, going to Washington State, uh, and then coming back to the places. SEC. Think of those places. That's not Auburn. It's not Michigan. It's not USC. We, we're talking about uh, Texas Tech, Washington State, and Mississippi State. Lubbock, Pullman, and Starkville. I mean, he, he wasn't at the big kid's table of college football. And, and that's what I've always said. Again, if you are not going to be playoff bound or whatever, you got to do what works, mm-hmm. right? You've got whatever that is. You can call it gimmicky. You can call it whatever. But for me, you got to do whatever it takes to to, to get some wins. So uh, it's a loss for college football. College football is going to be a lot less interesting without mm-hmm. Mike Leach. I would definitely like to see him in the Hall of Fame. I know oh, cool. yeah. uh, he's a few wins short. Also, bizarrely, uh, Howard Schnellenberger is not the College Football yeah, Hall of Fame, and I agree with uh, Louisville's uh, Mark Ennis. You can't tell the history of college football over the last forty years without the guy that put Miami Hurricane football on the map. Yeah, and uh, 
the guy that made the air raid pass the ball around offense popular and viable. You just can't do that. Uh, when I when I think of the Hall of Fame, I think of yeah, there are people that achieve milestones, right? But there's also people that you can just recognize, even just I don't want to say flashes in the pan, but to me, the biggest travesty of the Hall of any Hall of Fame is Bo Jackson's not in football or baseball. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a better football player or baseball player not in, right? Because he didn't have mm-hmm. those numbers. But was Bo Jackson that dude in both sports? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think there needs to be a understanding of, yes, there are numbers and that kind of stuff. But you got to have dudes that just meant something to the sport. No. Like you, you can't talk about football without talking about Bo Jackson doing it as a hobby. <laughs> running over Brian Erlacher, running up the tunnel, running nope. up the wall in the outfield like Spider-Man after he tracked down a fly yeah. ball and just, I mean. Doo, 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 doo. You, you said Brian Erlacher is Bosworth, baby. Oh, my bad. My bad. He's he, up the bods. Like he ran through that dude. Like, he ran through Erlacher too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that he did football as a hobby is something to do in the baseball offseason. Like, dude just rolled out of bed, won a Heisman. Like, I'm just doing this to keep myself in shape. That's got to be just disheartening, right? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to Mike Leach. Uh, tremendous, tremendous loss. And uh, just all the different stories of what he did for student reporters. And he would show up on this person's show and that person's show. That that means a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's one of those things where, um, for me, Football was just something he did, but he wasn't necessarily a football coach. He wasn't so one track minded that you know he could he couldn't function when he wasn't talking about football. He like you said, he he going post game interviews talking about candy, pre game interviews asking kids what their favorite ice cream is, and you know he wasn't just so locked in that he couldn't. And our our second guest just popped in the green room too, so we gotta let you. Uh, introduce her, man. She's in the BS3 network. Green in, the, in the green room, we've got Maggie Hendricks is going to join us. She's a writer for Bally Sports, covers all kinds of fun stuff. And we actually got to break bread, I want to say a month or so ago. Uh, so one of our few guests I've actually met in person before they came on the show. So there you go. So Maggie, hello. Hello, friends. How are you? Hey. Doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, Adam Jacoby is going to check us out here later on. <laughs> I am sewing something as we talk. It's just something to keep my hands busy. But just so you're not like, what the heck is she doing with her hands? <laughs> you so and so. So I was telling Vinny before he came on, I know that you had just covered a few weeks ago the uh, UConn-Notre Dame women's basketball game. And full disclosure, I am late to the party on women's basketball and women's athletics. That's okay. But I am here. I've got got my girls. We've done – Vinny knows we've done, what, gymnastics and anything like that. So Mm -hmm. – you do great coverage of women's basketball and women's sports. So my question is, if you could wave a magic wand on on like women's basketball, the WNBA, 
what would you do to kind of get them, I don't want to say more publicity, but get them where they need to be? That's a bad question, Vinny. I should have wrote this down. No, I under I understand. I understand what you're saying. Honestly, I just get them on TV more often. There is a matchup this weekend. I think it's on Saturday. Creighton and Arkansas, both ranked teams. It's not on TV. Mm. I'm an AP poll voter. I'm going to have to just, you know, focus on basically the the box score. That's the only way I'll be able to follow it. Mm. Um, And so I think the biggest thing is just more television so that people could watch it. Because we've found again and again and again that like when you look at volleyball, when you look at the NWSL, and when you look at the WNBA, when people are given a chance to watch women play, they watch women play. So if they just, they're just given that chance and put more on TV, one of the things that is happening this season is every Sunday, there's been a marquee matchup uh, at two, two o'clock central on the, on ABC, which is great. But it's also against football. And we all know what a behemoth the NFL is. I mean, I'm I'm sitting there with the uh, college game on my iPad in red zone going in the background because I want to watch both, you know. So I but if I could wave a wet magic wand, it would just be that it would just be more TV. Hmm. That makes sense. Because, I mean, when it's on, we watch. I mean, I'm, you and I are old enough to remember the Tennessee-UConn games that were on TV back in the 90s. And oh, yeah. you tune in and watch Rebecca Lobo and Candace Parker and Gino and Pat. So, yeah. It's... But I don't think – and, Megan, I want to get you – because way back then, because Vinny always likes to remind me how old I am, but it just seemed to be that it was just Tennessee-UConn. But now you've got great talent all over the place, so you don't even need to look at the UConns because now South Carolina is a thing, and mm-hmm. you got Caitlin Clark at, here in Iowa. Mm-hmm. You've got all these great players, so you don't even have to look at the two big ones. It's all over the place. Yeah, the parody is incredible. And, I mean, the amount of upsets that have already happened this season have been, I mean, just absolutely huge. I mean, and, and like, you bring up Iowa, the games. Like, Iowa, Iowa State right now are two just really, really fun teams. And I just, I'm so glad they play each other. And that's the other thing of it is for the most part, women's teams will fill up their non-conference schedule with real, you know, with real competition. You know, you have, you have all of these like Stanford and South Carolina, the top two programs in the last two national champions played each other in week three of the season. So like, that's the other thing is like, I know it's it's not that way as much as it used to be with men's college basketball, but there there are no cupcake schedules because the coaches don't want them. And the coaches also, there's a, such a collegiality that they're like, because it's not just about winning, it's about building women's sports. So when you have that bigger goal, then the coaches are going to be working together, not at each other. Mm. And so as we pay more attention, we hope we don't have situations like, was it a couple of years ago with the women's final four and that mm-hmm. viral monstrosity? Yeah. Uh, was it like a shake weight? A couple, like yeah. we shouldn't have that kind of discrepancy. Yeah. And so 
I was surprised looking at how the NCAA treats women's basketball versus men's basketball. Like they're not treated the same. Oh, no. And to follow that up with even the WNBA, I think it was uh, Kelsey Bloom that was talking about they just want the same piece of the pie that the men get. It's yeah. not the dollar amount. It's just the percentage. And they're not even getting that. That yeah. blew my mind away that we keep saying that these leagues and sports can't stand up on their own, but we're not giving them that opportunity. Yeah. We're not, we're not giving them the legs. And Kelsey, Kelsey Plum's hundred percent right about that. And she actually was just elected to the uh, players association for the WNBA. And I think she'll be a fantastic voice there, but um, yeah, they don't get the same percentage. And like, when you look at when it's so funny, how much um, labor law we all learn over, the past few years with having um, with all the different work stoppages that, but um, you look at the percentage and it's in most of the men's leagues, it's close to 50, 50. And, and it's just nowhere near that in the WNBA. And the, the thing is, and the reason why the women are smartly speaking up about this now is that the ESPN uh, contract is, I believe set to expire after the 23, 23 season. And everybody in the WNBA knows that ESPN, to hold on to the WNBA, is going to have to pay a lot more money. And paying a lot more money means a lot more money to the players. So the players are saying now, hey, let's do something about this. Let's fix this percentage now so that when this windfall happens, then we get more money, which they should. They're the product. Absolutely. Like I said, I still stay stunned at the stuff that you you don't even think about. Because again, I'm late to the party. You know, the WNBA. Don't feel bad about that. You're at the party now, and I hope you're having a dang good time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I want to say, Vinny, it was probably when I took the girls to the our first women's soccer game, and I was like, you know what, this is not bad, and you know, it and and we've taken it, and and Maggie, I've been able to take my youngest. We've covered. A bunch of events. She sat in press row with me. I need to send you the pictures. It's the most adorable thing. (laughs) Most adorable thing ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to let her know, you know, she, she, my girls probably won't play at Rupp Arena, but they will play at these other venues. And I want them to see that there are young women like them that are, that can do these things. Because, Knock with Vinny, my oldest. We're still hoping for a lacrosse scholarship, so we'll see how that goes. So, so we're right there. We're right yeah. there. Yeah, and and it's it's that you got to see it to be it, right? So you 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 want them to see what these women are capable of, and also, you know what I always see at women's games is before and after somebody somebody's doing their homework. Somebody like basketball, of course, is the most important thing, but also making sure they get their final in uh, the day. I think it was the week after the WNBA uh, uh, draft, Shakira Austin, who was uh, played for the Washington Mystics as a rookie this year. And uh, I believe she was on the rookie, all rookie team, but fantastic player. But a week or two after the draft, she's like, how many other professional athletes are, are getting finals in right now? Cause that's what I'm doing. I'm getting my mitt. I'm getting this in, you know? And so I think that's the cool thing about it is they get to see your daughters and everybody and, and sons, every, all the kids get to see 
this just incredible breadth of, of what what athletes are and who they are just by watching the women's games. And it's so great. Real life situations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, we went, Vinny, I think it was the softball game where Kentucky was playing Illinois. We talked to one of the Illinois players' dads. And my daughter, Lauren, was asking all kinds of questions. And he was like, he tries to see her, whatever she's doing. It's just a great moment. I'm rambling. But it was just great. And she's taking her notes. And it was just a fantastic thing. So weird. I'm trying to do better talking about women's sports because our volleyball team at Kentucky, very, very good. Yeah. Women's basketball uh, has done very, very well here recently. So, mm. and obviously with um, – Oh, Vinny, I'm drawing a blank. Sydney. Uh, yeah, track. And Abby Stockman, yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just great time to, to watch women's sports and support women's sports. Yeah. And and to me, the most important thing is treating women's sports like sports. Like, that's, you know, just the way you would break down a, a game between Kentucky and Louisville the men. Well, Kentucky just lost to Louisville with the women the other day. So, like, what went wrong in that game? And being honest about it is is fine, you know. And I I think – but I really think that's the biggest key from a media perspective is we just – we just got to talk about sports like sports. I was in – I was in the cab – a cab uh, during the All-Star game for the WNBA, which was in Chicago this year where I am. And I was talking to my cab driver and I said – I said something about, uh, he said, oh, what are you going there for? And I said, oh, it's the WNBA All-Star Game. And I said, yeah, you know, Chicago Sky right now. He goes, I know, they're in first place. I was like, (laughs) that's on me for underestimating you. I felt bad about that. But it was like one of those things, moments of like, I would, if the Bulls were in first place, I would never say to the cab driver, well, the Bulls are in first place. Mm. So I have to, you know, make sure I reframe my mind too, because there are there are fans everywhere. That's it. That's it. And as far as Louisville and Kentucky, Louisville's size was problematic for Kentucky. That was a big issue. I mean, Louisville was in the Final Four last year. They did lose a couple of players, but they're still – and they've been up and down so far, but they're still a really good team. And Kentucky lost – the, they're very like beyond best player. Ryan Howard is is just she's special, and she's gonna. I mean, she's rookie of the year. She's gonna do some amazing things in the W, and I'm excited to see her do them in Atlanta because, yeah, she's just, she's just really fun to watch. And, and Vinny and I have had this conversation when we talk about best basketball players in Kentucky. Ryan Howard's on that list, men or women. Like yeah. she she's on that short list with the Anthony Davises just for my lay opinion. Oh. Uh, and, and and so I'm glad that she is getting to show what she can do in the WNBA. Yeah, yeah and Atlanta has, I think, the number three pick in the draft for the, this year. So they just barely missed the playoffs. So I, I really think Atlanta is going to get a really good shot this year at, at making a run. Cause, mm-hmm. And I think Ryan's going to have a whole, you know, she has one season in her. She's not a rookie anymore. And she's doing. She's playing in Italy right now. And I, you know, when you throw all those things together, the players mature a lot when they go overseas. And so I, I'm really excited to see what her sophomore year is going to be like. Yeah, get a lot of seasoning, accelerated seasoning, I guess, if you want to call it that. So yeah, especially in Italy, you get a little, get a little sauce on it, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
not lacking for seasoning in, in Italy. <laughs> so, so, Meg, I know you write for Valley Sports. So what all do you cover? I know WNBA, some women's basketball. But what all is in your in your wheelhouse? Who? Uh, so, yeah, the WNBA and, and women's college basketball are the main two. But I'm very lucky to have bosses that are like, if you have a story that you want to cover, then you go cover it. And I love the Olympics. And so I've gotten to do a lot of Olympics writing. I've done some NBA, some NFL. Um, once upon a time, I was an MMA writer, but I don't want to go back to that. Um, so, I mean, there's, I'm very, very lucky. I just, now that you, now that I cover women's sports, it's, I, please don't take offense to this, but it's hard to go back to covering men because women are just so great to cover. So, um, so, so really, I think the real answer to that story is women's sports and whatever story out there inspires me. And luckily, I mean, sports are just chock full of them. It, it helps if it's the stories happening in a Valley sports city, um, which I don't live in funny enough. I, I, I don't live in a Valley sports city, but if, if there's like, like, for example, last year, uh, Lisa Byington, when she was named uh, the play-by-play uh, -play for the Milwaukee Bucks, she was the first woman in the w in the NBA to be named to that job. And so in Milwaukee is a Valley sports team, and the Bucks are our partners. So I went up and, and wrote a story about, about her and about, you know, breaking boundaries and that. The funny thing about it is she, like many journalists, not really comfortable with being covered. So it was very, she finally had to admit with me, like, no, this feels super weird to me. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for saying it. I, I now because I thought it was me. So I'm glad to know it's just the situation. So, but yeah, so like whatever stories come up, um, that's, and I'm, I'm pretty lucky to be in that position. But you just, you just maybe gave us a, a clue to what the answer might be, but you, as far as what your favorite is, but your favorite piece you've ever written and your favorite event that you've ever covered. Okay, so my favorite piece that I've ever written uh, was actually when I was at USA Today. It was the 25th, I believe, maybe 50th anniversary. Yeah, 50th anniversary of the Special Olympics. And I profiled a family here in Chicago about what the Special Olympics meant to them. And it was, mm -hmm. it was a... a a difficult piece to write because it was very much out of my wheelhouse. Um, but it was also, I think something that I'm proud of, very, very proud of. And the best event, I got to say Chicago winning its first WNBA title. Um, that was a special, that was a really special thing where like the Chicago in, in me was just as much the women's sports writer. But also, I do have to make sure I, I mention in 2013, I got to go to the first UFC women's fight. Mm. And I, I think I might have lost some hearing that day. It was so loud at the then Staples Center. Um, it was a really, really cool thing to get to be at. At the Staples Center, Vinny, are you familiar with the Staples Center? Oh, the... the What is it? Crypt the, the crypto, yeah, the funny money. <laughs> That's what y'all doing now. <laughs> who, who, who was in the 1991 uh, NBA Finals? Mm. 1991 NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. um, that was the the Lakers versus the Chicago Bulls, I believe. Oh, and who won that? Mm. 
uh, I believe it was the Chicago Bulls. Mm, okay, just wanted to just wanted to point that out to your Lakers jersey. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't y'all didn't y'all spot the Lakers game one too? Y'all just gave them game one and then one four straight. Do not invite Maggie back. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't be blacklisted from Des Moines. I have to go to Lachelle's again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the spot, Vinny. When you ever come through, we gotta take you to Lachelle's. Oh, that uh, is the best burger I th- I've possibly ever had in my life, and I've eaten a lot of burgers. And, sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 the spot. It's the it's the truth. We moved out in the suburbs, and we still have to go back in to yeah. get uh, to get some of the shells. Yeah, I, I just finally made it to your city a couple weeks ago, Maggie. Just finally yeah. made my first trip to Chicago. Me and a buddy were going to to watch Cowboys Packers, so we went to to Chicago. So now I got to scratch Des Moines off the list. We I did all the touristy stuff. Went to the top of the Willis Tower. Yeah. Got some um, got a. Uh, a beef sandwich from Portillo's uh, and um, the pizza from, oh, I got a, a slice of deep dish from, what was the place? I can't even think of the name of the place now. It's with a G. It's Giordano's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went there and got some pizza. So yeah. all the touristy. It's good. It's good to do. You know what? When you're a tourist, you should be a tourist. I, I, I'm all for it. My husband and I will sometimes just take days where, like, we'll take the day off of work and go be a tourist in our own city. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. That is that is exactly something my dad used to tell me all the time. You should know what your what makes your city special. Yes. And uh, back in Louisville, before I moved here to the Great Midwest, uh, we had the uh, cultural pass for kids during the summertime. It was partnered with your library card, and you would get free admission to different uh, museums and different attractions. The Slugger Museum, Churchill Downs. Just so you could understand, okay, what makes my town special? I think that's great. Well, it's also I, knowing what Louisville can be like in the summer, like having a good place that's air conditioned and you can enjoy yourself <laughs> and it's free. That's huge. That's yeah. huge to have those places. Uh, yeah, the Muhammad Ali Center, things, things, uh, things like that. So that's great. So yeah. boys up there, sure it is. So Cubs or White Sox, Maggie? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Cubs, fourth generation Cubs fan. Ooh, okay. It is it is okay. in my blood. So we won't talk about the, the off season. My, 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 my wife is yeah, I, we can't talk about the Cubs. I you know, it's one of those things where I, I'm I'm a sports reporter. I've been one for 14 years now. I understand. I understand, but then like the Cubs fan heart in me is like, what are we doing? <laughs> and so it just is the yeah. most frustrating thing to be a Cubs fan right now but like I so I was actually at Wrigley Field last night because they have this winter wonderland super fun thing that like I was drinking a hot chocolate from the middle of left field like it was it's insane you go on the field and there's all these attractions it's so much fun it's five bucks wow. and so it was so cool but then and I live like a mile from Wrigley it's great oh. but then at the same time, I'm so annoyed with them, and so it's like all of this, and it's like there's not there's cognitive dissonance, but right. So I'm I'm not up on, well, I'm keeping up with the Braves hot stove, but not the Cubs. So is it lack of move, dumb moves, not making moves? What are we? Well, they signed Cody Bellinger, but like, who cares? I mean, I'm not anti Cody Bellinger, but 
I, I like that's that doesn't move the needle. Right. right. Sports stops are what moves the needle, and that's what you're building your team around. Everybody's building who's who's competing is building their team around, and the Cubs are like, oh, that's too much money. Well, then what are we doing here? His what are we doing? Um, he's not on that same arc as he was a few years ago to where. It's, no. it's not like it's intriguing or exciting for you. I, I see. No, he, got, he was injured and hasn't really come back to himself. And, like, that's I, that's fine. And, you know what, Cody, get your money. Good for you. But is, is, it, is it fair to say that the Ricketts have squandered all the goodwill from 2016? Absolutely. Um, and, that's hard to do. And it, it wasn't just on the field. Let's. Let's be honest about that. Um, the that the governor of Nebraska, who has been doing some things, I'm not fond of. I'll just say, yeah. uh, and this is the blue state in a very liberal city, and that so that there was a, a a Trump event hosted at Wrigley, and there, you know, like just things like that. Um, even if even if they they wouldn't have squandered it on the field. They squandered it off, and now they've squandered in both places. And mm. so, yeah, I would think like four years ago, a Ricketts wouldn't be able to buy a drink if they walked into a bar in Chicago. And now, uh, I don't think they should walk into a bar in Chicago. You know, <laughs> it's it's hard it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to believe. And I was giving some Cubs fans a hard time because it's like, oh, you win a championship, but the my understanding from my lovely wife, it's the way they went about dismantling the on the field product on top of everything else. Right. Where it's like, you know, you got to go down swinging. Right. And and the other thing is when the, when the on the field product got, I understand the dismantling. It made me sad. It made me very sad in the way it was handled, but I, I do understand it. But then the whole idea is to dismantle so that you can rebuild again. Right. There's been no rebuilding. There's been nothing. Mm-hmm. And so like to see all those guys go who wanted to stay in Chicago and who are happy here, who we liked, see them go, okay, fine. And now what? You know? So, so like even so based on that, you know, the Marlins would win a World Series and then have a fire sale. But I guess even they're like, wow, Chicago, really? <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Mm. Well, absolutely. I always thought the Marlins were kind of upfront with what they were doing. Like we're gonna win this, and then the next day, everybody, you know, everything's got to go. I thought they were pretty upfront with it. Soon the parade's over, y'all get on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come back to the stadium. Don't come back. We can't. Statue either. Home run statue. <laughs> so I'm a Cubs fan by proxy now. You know, I I, I was married well. I I did I did. I'm an Expos fan. And so that makes me an anomaly in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just watching this from afar, and I'm like, look, man, I see miserable Cubs fans, and I'm just like, baseball's too long of a season to be miserable, man. That's 160 games of being not enjoying what you're doing. See, that's the thing about that's nice about the WNBA season. It, it completely goes with the, the MLB season. So I can at least ignore some of my heartbreak. I can just yeah. – just be like, I like. Let me know when there's a Cubs game today, so I know when to expect traffic. But other than that, I'm good. Yeah, after spring training, then you got what WNBA that'll carry you through a, a good chunk of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, WNBA season usually ends end of September, early October. So then mm-hmm. I just dim around for the like. Then it's like, oh, playoffs. Oh, those are fun. Mm-hmm. I, I that reminds me. I've got a question I meant to ask. 
are they going to let the WNBA players fly in private jets? Or are they still having to fly commercial? That I probably, know that was the thing. That won't change until there's uh, a CBA re re figuring out. But they did. They were on private jets for the finals. Uh, the the thing is, is that. It's more about what the location is, if the private jet is necessary. Because, like, if you're flying Las Vegas to Chicago, there's a million flights a day. That's no problem. If you are flying Las Vegas to the to Connecticut, mm-hmm. the closest airports to Connecticut are an hour away, either Providence or Hartford, and then you got to do an hour-long bus ride. Or... There are smaller airports nearby that if you did a private jet, you could go straight into. So a lot of times it's not even just about what the what the team is or as as much as where you're going. Because like I mean, for me to fly to Connecticut, it was a huge pain in the butt. And I had to like do a 45 minute long flight to Providence and it was just it was silly. It was silly. Yeah, that and that's the way it used to be in the NBA back when Vinny's Rockets were good. So they had to hey, catch a bunch of likes. He just he's just mad because they named an award after Kim and they didn't name one after Kareem. That's all he's mad about. Kareem already had one, though. Kareem has a social justice one. Right, right. I, I figured that out after I tweeted angrily, like, nothing for Kareem, and somebody pointed out. <laughs> he was wanting a Skyhook of the Year award or something. But you know, with, you know, Dream got Defensive Player of the Year award, and you know that's that's uh, I understand. And look, the Rockets still have more wins than the Lakers. That's what I needed. That's what you probably made about that too. That oh man, we just completely lost Terry. Uh oh, Terry's all mad at us. You got two championships of the Rockets. Leave me alone. <laughs> he takes his little shots because you know it's all right. It's LA all right. got seventeen, and you know he's looking to up it. He looks right. down. He looks down his nose at. Oh, don't say that to our first guest coming on for the first time. I look down. I love everybody. Don't you do. That. You do, and I know that. I know that already. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. My, I told my husband I'd be ready for dinner about eight minutes ago. So I want to. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, okay. We thank you so much. Sorry Just to keep there. you. Go enjoy no, your dinner. Right. I hope we can hang out again, and next time we'll talk about tabbies and orange cats and. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be surprised how many people find us on iTunes and think it's that kind of cat. Yeah, We've do. had a lot of comments. This is not what I thought it was. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. People are following, following hey, because they think you're talking about people. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Maggie, for joining us. Yeah. yeah. I remember some of those comments. They're not talking anything about cats. Awesome, awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, man, that was awesome. She's great, man. And just. She's got her finger on the pulse of a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I I do have a, a Rockets jersey, uh, you know, just to let you know. NBA jersey day, so I got my I got my Lakers jersey, and uh, yeah, I, I got a whole lot. I should have uh, complied with that. I, I dropped the ball on this end. Yeah, I got, a, got the T-Mac in there with the Rockets, and – I got I got the old Steve Francis with the you remember the the pinstripe phase the Rockets went through with the, with the with the rocket actually on the jersey with the smile like a, on his face yeah like a sharky yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. NBA teams have too many jerseys now and you, this is gonna sound real grandpa-ish. 
these new color schemes, you, you can't even tell who's playing sometimes. It'll be Dallas and, and Denver and somebody's in pastel green. You don't you can't I'm like who is who? That sounds like get off my lawn, but they've changed some of these colors. You don't even know who's who is who out there. <laughs> yeah, I need to uh I need to find the whole thing where they had like uh all the different combinations that was just absolutely ridiculous on all the different combinations they had for the NBA teams. Uh, you got the Pistons in green. You got the Lakers in baby blue. Uh, it just gets confusing to me. It just that that's and I'm a Jersey guy. Don't get me wrong, but give me my Lakers gold, gold and purple. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was nice when they brought the the Sunday whites out. That was nice, but then it got to be too much. Don't know when to quit. Like like last night's game between the Lakers and Celtics, that game should be mandated. They got to play. Boston got to be in green. Lakers got to be in gold. Boston's in white. Lakers got to be in purple. Like mm-hmm. it's got to be mandated. Yep. Just the way it. Yeah. Yeah, just to keep, you know, because that's been 60, 70 years battling against each other. And you think green, you think purple and gold. You just, you know, All those- even, if, even if you hate both teams, that's what you think. So, and, you know, I don't know why people would hate both teams. Sounds like folks out there hate winners. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, if you hate losing to both of them, you you know, your team couldn't beat them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's what it was in the 80s. It was a great series. You was going to be good basketball as a kid. Just hate that it was those teams every year. But seeing those rematches, you it was still fun to watch. It was still compelling. It was still <laughs> battling out. Those rematches were still more compelling than Kentucky-Iowa. 2.0 in the bowl game. Even yeah. all Lakers Celtics again in 87 but, and 85 and 88. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch every game. <laughs> the, that reminds me, this is my get off my lawn moment. Uh, NBA count, NBA paint, I think is the name of the count I follow, had a question. Your favorite, or I guess your top five playoff performers in NBA history. Mm. I quote tweeted and said, if I'm going playoffs, I'm going with James Worthy. Mm-hmm. And I had some youth say, what? And I'm like, <laughs> all righty. And so not only did he increase all his statistics for the playoffs significantly from regular season, we, you and I have talked about Isaiah Thomas in 88, game six on the busted up ankle. What's underrated about that is James Worthy going 36, 16, and 10 Mm. in the Game 7 victory. Like, he was the best player in the 88 playoffs on a team with Magic and Kareem on it. Mm -hmm. He was that dude. So, yeah. And then Game 7, they needed every one of those points and rebounds and assists. (laughs) They (laughs) did. Kareem had four. They won. The Lakers won by – it was 108-105. I'll never forget it. So they needed every ounce of worthy that night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 
as I tell the youth, James Worthy is better than you probably remember. Mm-hmm. It was just, I mean, he was the third guy on a team led by uh, Magic and Kareem. But as I've told you, if your third option is James Worthy, you're going to win a lot of championships if he's your third dude. I was watching. I know you've seen it. I might have been late to the party, but got the Hulu, got the ESPN Plus stuff now. So the whole, uh, what is it, best of enemies, the 30 for 30 Celtics Lakers, Mm -hmm. Ice Cube's narrating the Lakers side, Donnie Wahlberg's narrating for the Celtics. Worthy probably doesn't get enough credit. And I mean, you've went through mentioning who comes off the bench, who starts. But to to be a big, because he was 6'9", but nobody was running the floor like him back then. You had Mikael. He was great with all his moves and stuff. But then Worthy could bring him out and ISO him and blow by him or shoot the jumper over him. He was doing he was wearing a lot of hats back in the 80s. That, yes. It's nothing now. But for him back then, quick, too quick for him, but big enough to bang and rebound with. Oh man, hey. And the look, that's why I, you know, I'm not as upset with the Lakers being hot garbage right now. Because the simple fact that fate or whatever, we got magic and a coin flip. And we got worthy in a bizarre trick. Like, look, man, I get it. I, I get why they don't, why the NBA didn't want the Chris Paul trade to go through. The Lakers have been fortunate, dude. They they really have been. And you look what we gave up for Kareem, what we gave up for Will. Hey, the universe is just writing itself. Like, <laughs> there's just, there's just no way, you know, trading away uh, to get Kobe. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right. people talk about the Lakers front office. The Lakers front office has never really been great. They've been very, very lucky <laughs> since they left Minneapolis. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you end up by a twist of fate with Elgin Baylor and Jerry West. That's a great way to start a franchise in mm-hmm. Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. And then Wilt wants to come, and then you know, Kareem wants to come, like. I don't know. And, I don't even know who they traded to get Kareem. I know it's before our time, but I don't even know those dudes. I don't even know who uh, they sent. Uh, the, the one of the guys that went to the Bucks, I can't remember his name. He wasn't a Hall of Famer, but he was like one of those dudes that might get his jersey retired. I can't mm. remember his name. I have to look it up, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad. Uh, you know, now it's coming up the Anthony Davis trade. Did the Lakers win? Yes, they got a championship. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't clown on the Rams for being hot garbage now because, yeah, they mortgaged everything mm-hmm. to win a championship. And so to me, the championship, yeah, you you won, mm-hmm. right? Like whatever comes after, you got the championship, unless you're doing like the Cubs where you're just not even trying to be competitive. There's a way that you mortgage things for the championship. There's a way you dismantle and rebuild mm-hmm. and the cubs aren't doing that mm-hmm. speaking of championships <laughs> i'm looking at the nfl standings i'm looking at the nfc right now oh, your cowboys are 10 and 3 yes they are Woo! Yes, they are they were tripping sunday and still beat them texans 
Got to do better in a couple weeks when them Eagles come. But we'll take that narrow, nail-biting win against the Texans. We will take it. So what I think is pretty amazing is uh, my Niners are 9-4. and four. If they win on Thursday night, tomorrow night, against the Seahawks, they will clinch their division, the oh. NFC West, which will be the earliest time we have clinched since 2011. Man. Okay. And you're probably asking, well, how many NFC West titles have? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't keep track of such things. But uh Brock Purdy, man. Dang. Looks looks good. And Tom Brady. Go be it, try to be a family man. He's 45. <laughs> he look like you and I talked about with LeBron. Think about it. You're 20 years younger than a lot of your team, or older than a lot of your teammates. Mm-hmm. That sounds miserable. He's on a group project with a lot of 20-somethings. That sounds <laughs> miserable. <laughs> they listen to loud music. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they talking about streaming, and you Remember what it talks about to be kind, please rewind. Like that just sounds like a miserable existence, Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, I don't know his, I don't know, you know, all his personal stuff, but man, you got a family with a Brazilian supermodel, but instead you out here losing to Brock Purdy. Man, <laughs> these streets ain't like that, fam. Like you gotta don't be a family man. But I hey, I'm liking my Niners, man. Debo thought was injured. Just a mild sprain. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. Damn. I'm like, hey, cl- hey, clinch this division. Let's rest up and get healthy. And if Brock Purdy ain't going to give away the farm, I like my squad. The best defense in all of the NFL. Mm. The best. Mm-hmm. So it may be a situation where them Cowboys going to have to go to Levi Stadium. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And you know what I say is that, if that come to pass, we can beat you here and there. We can beat you everywhere, baby. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. It was great to see Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, the last dude taken, uh, show out. There was that shot of uh, of his, his family in the stands, oh, his dad. <laughs> And, you know, talking about dad with uh, the McGuire family uh, at the Kentucky game, you and I know how important our dads were to us, how important we try to be. Hey, I feel you because we've been both little McGuire and big McGuire now, right? (laughs) There's been that moment where, you know, like you said, we're talking to Sue earlier where we remember our parents working all day, doing all this kind of stuff. They promised to take you to the circus or to whatever. And they did it. And when you become a parent, you understand some of them days you don't want to do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yo. Yo. But, your kid, but your kids ask you to do something and you do it, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it may not be in a coal mine. Whatever your job is, yeah. you don't want to, you may not want to do it, but you do it for the kids because that's mm-hmm. what that's what dads do. One of my favorite stories, I'm gonna tell this, it's my brother's birthday. Kenneth would have been 62. But one of my favorite stories ever, 
I was playing the violin in the first grade. And if you've ever heard a six a six year old play the violin, it's not great. <laughs> so we had a little uh, concert or whatever you call it. And my dad, he's assistant chief. And I want to say this was on a Friday night. Something came up. He was going to have to go do something with the mayor's office and all these kinds of things. He wasn't going to be able to make it. And I was devastated. Yes, my mom was coming. You know, I was devastated. So we're getting ready. And I look out and I see my dad in his full uniform sitting there. I had a solo. I came out. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. I can still see it now. It's terrible, Vinny. It's terrible. (laughs) I'm out there screeching on this violin. And I'm like, I'm thinking even six-year-old TB is like, this is not, I, this is not great. Ooh. My father stands up. He applauds and he says, That's my boy. Mm-hmm. And he applauds. Mm-hmm. 40, almost 40 years ago. I that and 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 so that's where I went when I saw that picture of the Maguires when it first went viral. Mm-hmm. It's those moments with my own father, you yeah. know, where you're like, and you and I talk about it all the time. That's what dads do. Mm-hmm. I understand being a mom. It's tough. It's a job. I've seen what moms have to do. I don't want no part of that. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Uh-huh. I concede it's the toughest job. But being a father is also a difficult task to be a good one. Yeah. And so when I see moments like that, I think about, again, what my father meant to me, what I try to mean to my girls. And I know you feel the same way because mm-hmm. I know how you talk about your father. And so that picture Yes, it's representing Kentucky, and yes, it's basketball. But for that moment, that's what Sue said. Mm-hmm. It was just a father and a son having a moment. Mm-hmm. That's what spoke to me. So I got myself all wound up, but yeah, and it's, she, it's an emotional day around here. Yeah, yeah. And she she uh hadn't seen the cats in person before, but she said herself, she watched – Mike and Easton, more than she watched the game. Been waiting for the cats to come to the game for months. And you sit and looking over, looking past the across the court, looking over the action, because you see him with his little boy. He didn't even have time to go shower. He ain't even time to wipe his face. Just pick this boy up and we're gonna go to this game. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, it, like I said, that's what that's what spoke to me um, so much about that is is just fathers and sons, man. You know, I, I ain't going to – I got to move on to something else, give you some trouble about the Rockets or the Braves or something because <laughs> uh, don't, don't need me here uh, boohooing. But uh, that, that was just a special, special picture, special moment. Like I said, I tell mm-hmm. that story all the time about my own dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it – it dads are important. I just I'll just leave it at, at, at that. But are are do the Rockets have a better record than the Lakers right they, now? They do not. Y'all are two games ahead of us. Y'all twelfth in the West at eleven and sixteen. Houston is fifteenth in the West at nine and eighteen. So 
But uh, hey, we we beat the uh, beat the Suns last night. They were gonna beat a few good teams, and yeah, we you know they they got some pieces, some young pieces. It's gonna take some time for Jalen Green and all those guys to. And speaking of fathers and sons, Stephen Silas just lost his father, Paul Silas. He was out, and he came back in his press conference. I'm proud to be my father's son. I don't mean to take us back there, but I'm that. Know what he's going through. Know what he's going through. So absolutely, you know. it, it, And you and I have talked about it all the time. Uh, it's a joyous burden, and that's how I've explained to people: when your father was that dude, mm-hmm. it's big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, it's big shoes to fill, but it's a joyous burden to have to do it. Mm-hmm. I used to run from it. But then I understood, no, this is this is the legacy that you want to have. Mm-hmm. So we talked about it with, with Roy, Roy Wood Jr. when he was on. He talked to his his dad was doing the radio show with Ernie Banks, and you know, he was there. Yeah. So that and same kind of thing, man. Just... And, and, and I feel for kids that don't have that uh in their life because uh you know, my dad was that dude. Now I looked now, my mom was is she bad too. Like, you know, don't go. Yep. I, I, I've had to tell a few people, a few family folks to try to uh come sideways, like, no, my dad was just the loud one. Uh-huh. The tough the tough one is, is mama B now. <laughs> like I remember I don't know what was going on, uh, but I remember growing up something and my dad was like, I'm the easy one. I'm like a word? Okay, you know. That's that's what my brother told me. He was like, hey, hey, dad's just loud. Mom is the oh, okay, for real, for real. Okay. But how much, how much stuff did they try to give you with oh man, they a lot easier on Terry than they was on us because you were so much younger. Oh man, we never would have got away with that. Y'all let him do this. What well, but but here's here's the thing with my parents. It wasn't about getting away. My dad told me, he's like, look, because my dad was 40 when I was born, right? So as I'm growing up, starting that teenage, smelling yourself, he said, look, I'm old now. My dad told me, he's like, I'm an old man. You know, he's in his 50s when I'm getting to be a teenager. He said, I'm going to give you one warning. That's all I got in me. That's all I got. You get one. Because I, I don't have this back and forth kind of thing. So my brothers would say, oh, y'all got, you got the kinder, gentler mom and dad. I'm like, that's all relative. It's all relative, man. <laughs> like, y'all, don't y'all try to make like my dad's a big pushover now. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you hear Lou Rowe and Derek Rowe say, oh, man, y'all got an easy version of cow than us. So I always wonder, because, you know, my wife is, 10 years, she's the third child like you. She's 10 years younger than her sister. So you being, you know, there was teenagers when you were born. So I was like, man, I wonder if well, Mom beating them had softened up a little bit and just was like. No, <laughs> no, no, they, they didn't, they didn't soften up. But, but today's my brother Kenneth's birthday. He's the reason I love basketball. Mm. Uh, he was a very good basketball player. He was six foot five. Mm. I, uh, uh, and the thing was, he had kind of a bad attitude, so my dad didn't let him play basketball his senior year. 
because oh, wow. he had a bad attitude. Mm. <laughs> uh, but he's the reason I love basketball. And we would watch basketball. His favorite player was Isaiah Thomas. Mm. Uh, he he loved Zeke. And uh, he's the reason I love the point guard position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's all about getting to your spots on the court and, and different things like that and being the the conductor of the team, mm-hmm. right, and, and what that point guard was. Now, I never had the skills to be a point guard because uh, I still can't dribble with my left hand <laughs> that well. <laughs> but uh, we love basketball. We went to basketball. Um, my dad, my family had uh, season tickets to U of L basketball games mm. back in the Metro Conference days. And me and my brothers would go. Uh, all those Louisville games, uh, the Metro Conference Tournament. Uh, I saw my first fist fight with my brothers. It was <laughs> uh, Louisville versus Memphis State. I might have been nine. And, uh, of course, you know, Mama B went to Memphis State uh, way back when. But we went to Freedom Hall and we left. And those games were always rough <laughs> uh, between Louisville and Memphis State. And some Memphis State fans, uh, about four or five of them, uh, were um, loud talking to my brothers. And my brother Killer said, little brother, stay behind us. And they beat these dudes. Like, yeah. there's four of them, and my brothers beat these dudes like they, you know. And, and so they were like, don't tell my, <laughs> don't tell my dad. They won't let us come out anymore. But, uh, you know. I shared this story. I'll share it here again. Uh, the difference was when my brothers were born, my parents were in a different financial situation. Yep. Uh, they were born. My parents were, my dad had just joined the police department and my mother had started teaching. When I came along, my dad was a sergeant by the time I was born. And so, and my mom had, so it was different. I grew up in the suburbs. My brothers grew up in the streets. Mm-hmm. And so when I was playing basketball growing up, I was in a gym. It was temperature controlled. <laughs> I had appropriate sneakers, right? And so my brother, God love him, he was like, no, you need to go play street ball. And so we went to Shawnee Park where they played the dirt ball and all this kind of stuff. So way back then, they had a big court, which was – the little NBA. It was the game, you know. The main, the main court, yeah. Right. <laughs> but they had the, a, a different court that was for the little kids. And again, I'm in the suburbs. I'm not used to playing this style. I was soft. I'll go ahead and say that. So I got bumped, you know, tried to call a foul. They didn't want to give it to me. I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. I went to go tell my brother. I said, Ken, I was like, these people don't know what they're doing. This is not appropriate. My brother said, look, he put a few words in there. He said, no, they bump you. You bump them back. We're not leaving. You're going to go back out there. You're going to play basketball. Mm-hmm. And so that summer, that's a life lesson. You get bumped, you bump back. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm very thankful uh, for that. And for that relationship with my brother Kenneth, he was he was a great man. Yeah. And uh, as I always ask people when I share these kinds of things, just think about my mother. Um, mm-hmm. She's she's great, but she, I'll call her here when we finish up. 
We yeah. always like to call and share stories and uh, all that kind of stuff. But my brother, Kenneth, he was he was great. He was a police officer like my dad. Followed my dad into that, and uh, so. I said I wasn't gonna boohoo tonight, but uh, I got to share stories about the about the family. Yeah, absolutely, got to, got to for sure. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you sharing them as always. And uh, Tim on BB said, "Hey, yeah, I know y'all are, have a good phone call once y'all don't to talk with him for sure." So, 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 so my my brother he went to U of L. He was there when they won in 1980. There's a picture in one of our scrapbooks. He's on the team bus when they came back from the 1980 Final Four. He's on top of the bus. It was in the newspaper. <laughs> so, like I said, he was diehard Cardinals, diehard. When he started working, he had his own season tickets. And so he gave me – they gave me the blues when I went to Kentucky, right? Because back then, you know, a kid from Louisville going to Kentucky. And so it was probably – my sophomore year, I come home one time, and Kenneth's got a Kentucky shirt on, mm. sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, what do your friends think? He said, they don't say anything because I'm wearing this because this is where my little brother goes to school. Mm. Mm. And, uh Yeah. Man, great, great, great man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, we we won't top that at all. We can. Said I wasn't gonna boohoo, but here I am boohooing. Completely understandable, and we ain't gonna top that story. Yeah, uh, but thank you to our guests. Sue was yeah. great. Maggie was great. We'll have them back on. Uh, so we thank them for jumping on. It's always a great show when you got great guests. Yes, yes, they they, <laughs> they make it, man. They it makes it easier. You know, people ask me, hey, you know, I want to start a podcast. What's your secret? Get good guests. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the the more the more the show they carry, the better. <laughs> and you know, there's times when you just sit back. And oh you know, yeah, and there's oh, times yeah. when. Ask questions they have back and forth, but there's been some where, yay, we just yeah. we just part of their show, <laughs> right? We 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 talked about how great Sinbad was. I listened to that whole thirty minutes uh, of that interview. That was fantastic. Probably the the best fun I've ever had on the show was when we had uh, uh, Sonny Collins, Derek Ramsey, uh, come on, and your dad and his buddy. Called in as well, yeah. and ran the show. Ran the show. <laughs> the best fun I've ever had doing this was mm -hmm. that night right there. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, absolutely. Well, man, we love y'all, and always think about you. And yeah, uh, hey, I didn't get to meet you, brother. And if anything like you, of course, I know he's a good dude. So. Uh, yeah, I, I I think about it. He would have he would have liked uh, you know knowing I had a show, and I think about it when I cover the games because, like I said, basketball was his thing. And you know when I'm going to Rupp to cover games, I'm going to the NCAA tournament. I'm you know 
Yeah. Uh, I know he's looking down. I know he would he would appreciate that. So, so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, man, I appreciate you. And like you said, appreciate our guest. And that was this was another good one that will get added and hope everybody enjoys it. And be back at it again next week. I think we got a we got a couple Wednesdays in a row where Kentucky got games. I think it's Florida AM next week and then Missouri Wednesday after that. So are they are they bringing the band? I don't I, they need to. <laughs> Need to text Roy and see if he coming and the band coming. So, so yeah, because you know he he missed the fam you. So we that's yeah. right. Get get the band going, man. Uh-huh. But always a good show. Always yes, a good show. Yes, sir. So man, appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. Hugs to the family and you and Mama B and everybody and Will. Same to you and your Katie. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Pro Pro Katie podcast here. That's right. (laughs) We'll say good night to everybody. Appreciate everybody takes the time to watch. From my man TV, this is Vinny with another episode of Catch Talk Wednesday. And we'll hit this uh, outro button. Play some promos next week. I forgot to promote some other shows that are on here. There's buttons for that. I didn't do it. But we'll uh, go out. It'll say thanks for watching because we appreciate y'all watching. And we'll see y'all next week.